0: Hi everyone, I'm Anna Lloyd Stockton, a library science student at Sam Houston State University. For this podcast episode, I'll be discussing the important points from part one in the textbook entitled Reference and Information Services, an Introduction, 4th Edition, by Kay Ann Castle and Uma Hiremath. Let's start with part one, Fundamental Concepts. This includes chapters one, two, and three. Chapter one, Introduction to Reference and Information Services. Did you know that reference services is over 100 years old? On page three, the book mentions that in 1876, Samuel Green, a librarian at the Worcester Free Public Library in Massachusetts, began having librarians help users in the selection of books to suit their needs. Reference services seek to fulfill the greater mission of the library by assisting individual users. That's from page three. It is the librarian's responsibility to use the materials and resources in her collection to assist a patron in finding what they need. In Samuel Green's time, this would be done face-to-face. In today's world, however, while assistance can still occur face-to-face, it also happens via video or instant message chat or using social media. Page four states that ethical awareness and engagement is a crucial aspect of all library services. The American Library Association's current code of ethics, quote, encourages librarians to provide the same high level of service to all library users and to provide information that is, quote, accurate, unbiased, and courteous. End quote. That's from page four. Librarians must follow the principles of intellectual freedom and work hard to overcome any personal bias and ensure that library materials are not censored. Librarians follow and stay updated with intellectual property laws, and they must be respectful to colleagues and cannot put personal convictions or beliefs ahead of library interests. Moving on to page five, kinds of information service. Information service is the process of resolving information needs of users and building positive relationships. Librarians answer the three types of reference questions, which are ready reference, research questions, and bibliographic verification. Ready reference questions can easily be answered using a general reference source like Google. Some of the examples might be who won the 2017 World Series? These types of questions can easily be looked up. As we say in education, these can be teachable moments, giving librarians the opportunity to lead users through the process of looking up the information. Research questions require multiple sources of information, such as bibliographic sources and databases. It takes a lot longer than just simply Googling the answer. Librarians can lead the user to put all of their obtained information together into one conclusion. Bibliographic verification is information that's already been obtained and just needs to be verified or fact-checked. Librarians can help by double-checking and correctly citing the material used. Reader's Advisory Service is the librarian's responsibility to give users the right resources to accurately help them answer their question. Because they tend to know more about various genres of fiction and nonfiction, Public and school librarians tend to be more associated with the Reader's Advisory Service than academic librarians. Information Literacy Instruction, also known as User Instruction. Today it's easy to just Google something, but students are lacking in traditional research skills. So this could look something like librarians showing students how to use the library's online catalog, um, explaining the use of basic print and electronic reference sources, they could go as far as to teach whole class lessons about research or varying library usages and demonstrate how, when, and why to use resources. Selecting and evaluating print and electronic resources on page eight. This can be something that's very rewarding for librarians. This responsibility depends on the type, size, and scope of the library and the library needs. Most librarians select materials by reading reviews in library professional journals like Booklist. Some others prefer to physically review materials at librarian conferences or through publishers. Most librarians, however, do both of those things. Librarians need to stay knowledgeable about the library's collection and cross-reference the knowledge with new possible materials to add. Double-check for possible print and electronic duplicates and find reference materials that align with the library's scope, content, audience appropriateness, format, arrangement, authority, currency, accuracy, ease of use, coverage, and cost. Creating digital finding tools, page 9. Librarians can create websites, finding tools, subject research guides, and pathfinders for online library users. Depending on the audience and their needs, librarians can create guides and websites that address frequently asked questions, show relevant databases and helpful search terms, organize topic resources, give assistance in identifying a selection of appropriate reference books or materials, and teach tips for searching the library's catalog this leads into the next topic, promotion and marketing. Library collections may be less visible to the public, so libraries need to find ways to promote the materials and services that are offered. Major marketing or publicity campaigns are important in promoting academic, school, public, and special libraries. Library promotion can be done by creating websites, social media accounts or postings, online newsletters, giving information literacy instruction for students, and hosting meetings with school faculty. Moving on to page 10, discussing evaluating staff and services, just like libraries need to continuously evaluate their collection, they also need to reevaluate their staff and offered services. Library staff members need to be proactive in staying updated on new information, technology, media, materials, and the services they offer. They can do so by taking trainings, attending professional developments, and conducting staff evaluations. The American Library Association's Reference and User Services Association, acronym RUSA, has developed guidelines for behavioral performance of reference and information service providers. These include user approachability, interest in the reference transactions, demonstrate good listening and questioning skills, searching skills, and user follow-up. The Changing Nature of Reference, page 11. As technology continues to change reference services, many libraries are physically seeing people less and less. It has become the library's responsibility to keep up with the times and increase the availability and use of the library's online resources. Some virtual resources include e-books, audio books, video chat, instant messaging, social media, databases, and more. For its face-to-face patrons, libraries are adding more points of service, such as information desks or an interactive reference center. Reference services will still be personal, though not necessarily face-to-face. The way librarians find and convey information is as important today as it ever was. Chapter 2, Determining the Question in Person, Telephone, and Virtual. This is from page 15 of the textbook. Reference interviews are how the librarian and the user communicate so that the librarian understands the user's needs. Every reference interview is different based on the user, their question, and the communication method. No two reference interviews will be the same. However, the overall structure stays the same and has three phases. Establishing contact with the user, finding out the user's needs, and confirming that the answer provided is actually what was needed. And that's from Ross Nilsson, and Radford, 2009. Librarians must adapt to each situation. Users are more likely to seek help from a librarian who has taken the time to understand their needs and communicated respectfully. The reference interview is all about customer service. Why do the reference interview? We do the reference interview first to find out what information the user is looking for. Also, to get clarification on the patron's question, focusing on the meaningful content of the user's request, like maybe the user is asking for a book on baking bread, but really needs information on the chemistry behind rising yeast. And lastly, to, co- to communicate with the patron to provide the best method and type of research and resource. What we know about the reference interview, page 16. Many different authors have researched different reference interactions. Some of these include Robert Taylor in 1968. He wrote about the point of view of questions negotiation and its five filters. Elaine and Edward Generic in 1997, described the reference interview as a creative or performing art. Mary Jo Lynch, in 1978, asked how reference librarians know when to interview a user and what the characteristics are of an effective question sequence. Brenda Durbin and Patricia Dudney in 1994, proposed the neutral questions model, which is a user-oriented approach to answering reference questions. Marie Radford in 1998 focused on nonverbal communications. Jan Wang and Donald Frank in 2002 and others explored intercultural communication. the work of Lori Mon and Joseph W. Jans in 2007 and many others help us to better understand virtual reference. Conducting the reference interview, page 17. There are six main steps to conducting a reference interview. Step one, establishing rapport with the user. Librarians are essentially customer service representatives. They need to be approachable and show patrons that they're happy to help them. Edward Kozlowskis, 1976, found that maintaining eye contact, nodding, and smiling helped make the first encounter with users more positive. In 1998, Marie Radford concluded that there were five basic factors that entice library user outcome. Initiation, availability, proximity, familiarity, and gender. The librarian needs to be available, either by physical proximity or virtually, and be willing to initiate conversation with the patron. The user must feel like the librarian is interested in their question. Step two, negotiating the question. When a librarian approaches a user, they need to ask what the user needs. Start with a neutral question like, What kind of help would you like? And then move on to clarifying questions from there. This can be done using open-ended and closed questions. An open-ended question may sound like, what format for the information do you need? A closed-ended question may sound like, do you need current or historical information? The librarian should include the user in the search and also make every effort to make sure the user's needs are being communicated. Step three, developing a successful search strategy and communicating it to the user. After clarifying what the user needs, the librarian can begin to guide the user in the right direction and show them how to use the tools they have to get the information they need. Remember to include the patron in the search. Continue to communicate with the user to determine what information will fit their needs. Step four, locating the information and evaluating it. Keep checking in with the patron. Once the librarian instructs the user how to use the resources, it is important that they help the user evaluate the information to be certain that the sources used are accurate. Step five, ensuring that the question is fully answered, the follow-up. The librarian needs to check with the user to see if they've had their questions answered. Gers and Seward in 1985 state that the follow-up question may be the single most important behavior. Step six, closing the interview. Once the patron is done utilizing the resources, the librarian needs to make sure that the patron is happy, has what they need, and knows that they're always welcome at the library. Reference services are often the primary way to show the value of the library, so the interview should end on an open note. This may sound like, please come back if you need any more help or have other questions. Problematic strategies in the reference interview. Some problems can arise during the reference interview. Here are a few. The imposed query. This is where the user cannot correctly communicate what they need. More research is needed in this area. An example might be when a parent comes in seeking information for their child's homework. The communications tab. A librarian cannot understand what a user needs. An example of this is when a user asks for information on Socrates, but the librarian hears Socrates and directs them to the sports section. Some behaviors to avoid. Provide an unmonitored referral, suggesting that the user should have done some work before asking for help. Trying to get the user to accept inaccurate information that is more easily available or accessible. Suggesting that the information just can't be found. Convincing the user not to pursue the question. The librarian just leaves or non-verbally shows that the reference interview is over. Librarian doesn't listen to the user. Asking too many closed questions. The book says don't play 20 questions with your users. And lastly, don't make the user feel stupid. Many users don't know library jargon, so the librarian must be flexible. The telephone interview, page 24. This has the advantage of immediate feedback. The librarian should sound pleasant and attentive. The librarian should listen to the tone and inflections in the user's voice to try and help them better understand what's needed. You should clarify and rephrase the user's questions. Keep the user informed in the search. The librarian should follow up on answered questions and cite any sources, and encourage the user to call again or visit the library. Answering questions virtually In a face-to-face video chat, it also has the advantage of immediate feedback. The librarian should look and sound approachable and attentive, and show that they are actively listening. Clarify and rephrase the user's questions follow up on answered questions and cite any sources, and encourage the user to chat again or visit the library. For chat reference, email, instant message, and text messaging, it also has the advantage of immediate feedback. The librarian should uphold messaging etiquette. Do not assume that the user doesn't have time for the reference interview just because they're chatting. Greet the user by name and acknowledge that you received the inquiry. Librarians should word responses in a way that makes them seem approachable and attentive clarify and rephrase the user's questions, follow up on answered questions and cite any sources, and again, encourage the user to chat again or to visit the library. RUSA Guidelines, an Integrated Approach, page 25. The American Library Association's Reference and User Services Association, acronym RUSA in 2013, developed guidelines for behavioral performance of reference and information service providers. Some of these guidelines include approachability, sets the tone for the entire process. The librarian shows interest in the reference transaction, embrace each inquiry, and commit to providing the most effective assistance. The librarian demonstrates good listening and questioning skills, identify the user's needs while also putting them at ease. The librarian has good searching skills. Without an effective search, the information is unlikely to be found and the patron may become discouraged. The user follow-up. The librarian is responsible for determining if the user is satisfied. Cultural differences, page 26. Librarians should try to understand and respect users' cultural differences. Librarians should speak slowly and clearly, be aware of body language and cultural etiquette, and always treat everyone with respect. Improving our skills. Librarians should continually practice good reference interview skills, such as looking and sounding approachable, don't look too busy, Having active listening skills. Have a developed knowledge of reference sources. Practice posing questions. Practice follow-up questions and closing the interview. Shadow more experienced colleagues. Chapter 3, Finding the Answer, Basic Search Techniques, page 33. In today's fast-paced world, we have the answers to our questions in the short time it takes us to say, Alexa, why does a firefly light up? The reference interview is a skilled conversation with a purpose. The librarian must have established procedures and practice skills. Just like the reference interview, the reference answer must be practiced and the librarian must have a conscious adoption of answering tools. Then the librarian can guide herself and the patron in the right direction. Tools of the Answering Trade, page 34. Sometimes reference interviews can become very overwhelming. Answering skills can be developed just as questioning skills can. When it comes to reference interviews, the librarian needs to consider the following three steps to avoid a possible scattershot search. Step one, categorize the answer. Step two, visualize how the final answer will appear. Step three, test the waters to check if the answer is is proceeding in the right direction. A little bit deeper into step one, categorizing the answer. Is it time consuming or quick? Sorting an answer from ready reference to time-consuming can help avoid panic and frustration, it can help organize reference interaction, it can assign a professional stamp on the interaction, and it can alert the librarian to possible complications. Is it simple or complex? By utilizing the read scale from page 35, a librarian can calibrate between simple and complex answers. Is it current or retrospective? Which questions require current information and which do not? Deciding on whether the question is retrospective helps to veer the search process to appropriate formats. Specific or cross disciplinary? Be aware of differences in questions aimed at facts versus analyses. This helps in structuring the search process. Single source or multi source? Open ended questions tend to be multi sourced, whereas closed ended questions are usually single source. User appropriate? The librarian needs to be aware that a resource may not be appropriate for the user and that some types of sources may be restricted. Step 2. Visualize how the final answer will appear. Page 37. How do you envision the outcome of the final answer? Will it be internet database print, textual, graphical, statistical formats, or reference circulating in children's? Step 3. Test the waters to check if the answer is proceeding in the right direction. Some techniques to gauge if an answer is proceeding in the right direction could be creative browsing, get creative with your questions, subcategorizing, draw the user into various subcategories of the question, or overviews, provide a range of material to see if any of those answer the question. Types of Answers, page 39. There are three types of answers that are given after a reference interaction, value added, skilled, and elementary. Each type of answer given is classified by its level of utility, with value-added rating on the highest level of utility, and elementary rating the lowest. During and after a reference interaction, it helps to be clear about what kind of answer was given to a user. Value-added answers give the right resources and clarifies relevance, organizes the material, prioritizes the resources, looks for potential research needs, and presents the answer with enthusiasm. Skilled answers on page 40 include locating, sifting, and judging resources in order to provide the best sources to answer the question asked. Elementary answers on page 41. These answers are given where there is a lack of resources or time to give an accurate answer. In this instance, it's best to collaborate and strategize with others to find the right information. If resources aren't available, a strong referral system is useful for the user. Keep a list of nearby libraries of all types. When time isn't on your side, these questions can keep the librarian from simply not answering an inquiry. Can the question be tabled or does it need an immediate response? Is there a link or resource that can be sent in the meantime to get the search started? And in face-to-face settings, the librarian can escort the user to the right area to browse and ensure you will check back with them shortly. But then make sure you do. Game plan for reference answering, page 42. Every librarian should have a game plan for answering reference questions. A few strategies are, clarify the informational need. Make sure you take the time to truly understand what's needed. Don't just answer the question. Provide appropriate information. Lead the user in the right direction according to their need. Have knowledge of resources. Stay updated on your own collection so that you know what resources you have that may be perfect for a certain user. Shelf-read, weed, discuss resources with colleagues, and study new acquisitions as they are received. Provide follow-up. The librarian needs to check with the user to see if they have had their questions answered. This is the most important step and is often forgotten. Give a sense of competency. This can be done by effectively searching for information and not just browsing. Search skills can be perfected using three major tools of reference. The local library catalog, which is the first tool for identifying and locating reference works in the library and on the web. The internet, more on this in chapter 13 of the book. And electronic databases. When using electronic databases, some basic search strategies that are effective are step one, identify the research topic. Step two, identify the appropriate database. Step three, be familiar with the search screen and search functions. Step four, employ a search that uses subject headings or refines keywords. Step five, evaluate the results. And step six, organize your results. Avoiding avoidance, page 50. Avoidance of difficult questions is both unprofessional and unethical. If a tough question comes your way, try developing a handy referral system. Keep knowledge bases on intractable subjects. Establish a context for the question. Attack questions from different angles. Reference an institution that might have a vested interest in creating, organizing, or advertising such information. Play like your Sherlock Holmes. And last, understand that you don't have to have all the answers. Get familiar with unfamiliar topics. Being prepared, finding the answers. Finding answers is what reference librarians do. It's our purpose. Deconstructing the process will help us hone our skills as librarians. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast episode. I'll see you back on the School Librarianship podcast for part two of our textbook summary. Happy reading!